0: How are you doing? Well, it's been a while since we last chatted, but um, life is crazy at the moment, as you can imagine, with two small kids and all the things that need doing in the garden. Um, currently standing in the garden on our new decking. We had some decking done a couple of weeks ago over, over the bank holiday. And um, so I'm just standing out here in the cool evening with a coffee just looking at all the things that need doing over the next few days. I've got some lovely dahlias that are growing, which is good. And there's one, one, one plant that seems to be doing exceptionally well and then the others, I don't know, I think earwigs I've got them. Um, I did have a lovely totally tangerine. Uh, oh, I've still got it, but I have quite a few blooms on it. And one of the one of the kids ran up to it the other day. Shouted orange flowers and just pulled all the heads off. So, you know, that's good fun. Talking of dahlias, I had the delight uh, to sit down with uh, the lovely Philippa Stewart from uh, Just Dahlias. Uh, If you don't know her, she runs an exceptional company selling uh, fresh and dry dahlias to uh, florists and also runs probably one of the most beautiful Instagram accounts. Um, she takes these just beautiful, beautiful pictures of each of her blooms um, and categorises them and all that good stuff. Um, and it was just lovely for me to sit down and have a chat with her about her passion for these incredible flowers. I make no secret to the fact that they're probably my favourite and that in part comes from my late father. Um... But yeah, so I don't want to really rattle on anymore. I want you to listen to everything that she had to say. Um, it was an early morning. We had coffee and we, uh, well, we didn't really hang around. We just got stuck into why we were talking. So you join the conversation a little bit of the way through. But hopefully you enjoy it just as much as I did. So uh, yeah, take a listen and I'll catch you at the end. Obviously, we can see uh, you you love the English When did your passion, your personal passion for gardening and uh, and growing kind of kick off? When was the first time you grabbed a trowel and said, I can do this?
1: Uh, Well, I I think it was shortly after we have moved into this house here. We've lived in this house for 35 years uh, and we had to completely gut it when we first bought it. And then once we've finished the house, obviously the, the natural progression is to look at the garden where the skip had been sitting for six months and, and, you know, the hedge had been demolished by a concrete lorry or whatever, you know, so um, you suddenly start looking at it and thinking, oh, I think I need to make that a bit tidier. Um, Plus, we were getting married here as well, so I needed the garden to look respectable. So I just started with a sort of crescent-shaped border at the back of the garden um, that I knew I wanted to look good on June the 17th. And um, and I suppose it started from there, really. And then the garden just sort of expanded. I, I ended up with a few more flower beds. And I think like a lot of people, I got I would get really excited about the garden in spring mm. and fill it up really quickly. And then one year I suddenly realised in July, my garden just looked finished. It looked like it needed mm-hmm. to be put to bed for the winter. And I thought, no, I've got, I've still got another three months of the summer to go. Um, and that's when I first heard about dahlias. And my initial reaction, it was actually a friend of mine who suggested them and said, oh, what about dahlias? And, I, and my only experience of them was the kind of thing that you see on a garage forecourt or outside a, a florist. And it's usually a plastic wrapped. Uh, it's usually the Edinburgh one, you know, the purple and white one or yeah. the acid yellow ones. And that really wasn't my cup of tea at all. Anyway, this friend did actually buy me about five tubers and I put them in the ground. And one of them, ironically, was an acid yellow, uh, large decorative variety called Kelvin Floodlight, I think. Um, And much as it was acid yellow, it was gobsmackingly enormous. And I just couldn't believe that I was actually growing a flower that big. And not only that, that the more I cut it, the more the flowers just kept coming. So then I was sold because I thought, well, that's fantastic value for money. I'm going to get three months of flowers out of them, and all you have to do is just keep cutting them. Um, So then I started looking more into them. And uh, I think obviously, um, well, not obviously, I think a lot of people like me are initially drawn to the large decorative ones because they are just so... Huge and incredible. So I did I had Florel, uh, which is a large white one, and I can remember measuring that at 30 centimeters in diameter, it was huge. Uh Cafe lait obviously. Yes. I had another one called German which was a huge orange one, which I call Cookie Monster. It just looked like Cookie Monster off uh, Sesame Street, um, and all sorts of ones. And then once I start started looking more into it and realized. Oh, actually, there are thousands and thousands of different varieties. Mm. And I think as with other things in gardening, my taste changed. And I went away from the large decorative. Um, then I went to more the water lily types and the ball and and well, you know, there are thousands, so it's very addictive. And at the time I had um I had a, a vegetable garden here and a bit like you were saying with your children the point of the vegetable garden was to teach my children where where food came from so um they knew that peas came out of a pea pod not not a plastic bag in the deep fruit um <laughs> and then one summer i thought well instead of doing veg um maybe I'll do flowers because actually having a glut of flowers Mm. is better than having a glut of courgettes which you know no family needs more than one courgette plant do they but you can't stop but help yourself planting four really um so so yes so then then that summer I thought right no vegetal I'm just going to do flowers and uh at the time the National Dahlia Collection you could um order rooted cuttings from them and they had thousands of varieties on that on their website it was very very difficult to reduce your shopping basket to a <laughs> number of flowers that was actually going to fit in the space available so i reckoned i could grow about 70 plants so i ordered about 70 from the national dahlia collection um and those all went into the veg plot and that summer oh uh, and at the same time it was when Instagram was a very new thing Mm. Um, and amongst my friends, I was boring them with pictures of flowers. So I thought, well, I'll start a public Instagram site and maybe there are other people that like dahlias as much as I do and I can, you know, sort pictures of them. Um, So that's, and and, and I literally called it just dahlias because it was only going to be pictures of dahlias. Um, Within a very short space of time, um, having spent all of my children's childhood t- warning about the uh, dangers of talking to people on the internet, suddenly I had friends all over the world who were equally addicted to dahlias, and I was it was gobsmacking um, how many people were exactly the same as me. So suddenly I thought, oh, I'm, I'm quite normal, um, and we would all share tips, and, and it was really lovely. So having criticise social media. I was suddenly <laughs> uh, loving every minute of it. So yeah, so that summer I'd started the Instagram site, getting lots of chat with people, loving all that. And then come the end of August, I was drowning in flowers. So giving them away, anybody who wanted a bucket of flowers, you can have them, blah, blah, blah. And um, not having any kind of floristry background whatsoever um, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, the only dahlias I've ever seen in shops are the acid yellow or yeah. the Edinburghs. maybe just maybe somebody might want to buy them. And if they want to buy them, then I can buy more dahlias. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the method in the madness. Cause we, we also have a field attached to the house. And I was Ooh. thinking, well, you know, we could plough up part of the field and grow more dahlias in there. No. So I packed up the car with just buckets and buckets of flowers and drove around to the local florists. And I had the most fantastic reaction from them. In fact, one lady, when I opened the boot, she actually went, oh, and I said, oh, I think I love you, Bridget. That's exactly the kind of <laughs> reaction I was hoping for. And she explained to me that, um, well, she said she just couldn't get hold of flowers like that. She said, um, and this is, this was uh, probably 2016 maybe 2017 so a while ago and the there were very few british flower growers around at that time uh, whereas there's a lot more now because of this fantastic organization yeah. called flower farm so uh, but but this back back then she was saying that she ordered the majority of her, all of her flowers, she ordered from Holland. And dahlias don't like being out of water. Mm-hmm. So she said, what arrives from Holland is bashed and bruised, because the petals also yeah, bruise very bruised, easily, anyway. out of water, so limp, and there's no there's no recovery. You can't pop them in water and they'll suddenly go, oh, thank you, I'm fine now. Uh, once they're gone, they're gone. And she said, basically, most of the time she just ends up binning them. And obviously for weddings, mm. dahlias are just the perfect, big, blousy, fantastic event flower, yeah. um, but not if they've arrived half dead in a box. So suddenly I realised, and, and here in Cheshire, we're surrounded by wedding venues, so I thought, well, uh, you know, maybe people do want to mm. buy them. Um, and it sort of it, it grew slowly, but over a few years, then that's what I did I sold buckets of flowers it was collection only and obviously there are lots of florists who can't do that you know then mm-hmm. too busy or don't have a uh, transport etc but I found my little niche of florists who actually quite often would be passing my house to mm-hmm. go to a wedding venue so they could coordinate picking up and it was one of those things that um all the cards sort of fell into place as well because we have um an agricultural shed, which is outside the curtilage of the property. So yeah. it meant I could actually leave the flowers in there. So anybody could come and pick them up at their time. And I'd just label the buckets. Nobody ever took the wrong bucket. Um, And they could just come when they, it was convenient for them. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even need to be there. So it, it all sort of worked and, and the shed is dark and cool. So uh, the flowers love it in there as far as conditioning and so on. So, um so that's that's where I sort of got to. Um oh, this is after also ploughed up the field and and put five 25 meter beds in the field. And I'd I'd sort of never intended to fill the beds, but it's a bit like a handbag, you're always yeah. gonna fill it. <laughs> um, just uh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, just one more, just one more in there, you know. And I spent the first year uh, hand weeding the coot. Cute- out which was a nightmare um but I've slowly got them to a stage where they're uh much more well I say manageable but uh, as you as you've just been saying as well the current amount of rain and then warmer weather and so they're weed infested at the moment so they need a good route out but um but yes that's so that's how I started getting into the fresh and then Um, I was also doing a a fantastic course called uh, The Business of Growing Flowers. So it was, um, I realised that, you know, I was just a hobby gardener and didn't really understand how to convert that into a business. I mean, it is a tiny business and I always only wanted it to be a tiny business because I always wanted it just something for me to do. I do get help, but only every now and then. Um, so I did this course called the business of growing flowers which was absolutely fantastic is run by three of the top flower farmers in the UK all in different locations in the UK as well so they can give you give people a really good insight to growing in those different areas Um, so that really helped me to think a bit more efficiently um, about and and also to understand what was required because I, I didn't know what what sort of standard of flowers were good or bad. You know, I had one customer coming around who said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm deadheading. And he said, I'd buy those. And I was like, I'm stopping, I'm stopping. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was understanding. But actually that is is completely um, customer dependent as well because I have one customer who likes the dahlias before they're fully open. Uh, because she thinks, you know, uh, certainly things like Café au lait, they almost look like origami as they're opening yeah. up. And she loves that stage. Um, so I always say to any new customer, um, come to see me once and then I can understand what you like. Yeah. And then from then on, you can just pick up whenever's convenient with you. We don't even need to see each other. We can just, you know, I can just and I ping your message. I guess when guess
0: the for, flowers and for people who who's... Providing a service to, to to their customers to be able to come and then see those flowers through the window, and be able to say, well, I was like, "Well, you know, this stem is perfect, but can I have that stem over there as well?" Yes, I'll go and snip it off for you. That's quite a unique service to offer. That's um I would get twitchy if I came because I'd be like, "That one over there," and i will have that one over there, and can we just walk around the other side? And, rather than I'll just take from your bucket, thanks. Like I go, I think I'd hound you, Uh but I imagine I imagine for your florists, for your customers, that that's such a lovely. Probably very, very unique uh, service to be able to take advantage of.
1: Yeah, I had a, um, one of one of my customers said the nicest thing. She said after she'd. Uh, I don't often let customers pick their own, uh, but if I know them well, then. Yeah you know they can so she picked her all her, her own flowers and she said to me afterwards you know I feel I've got back in touch with flowers mm. She said, "I spend my life just Rather tapping yeah. yes very transactional not not the same and uh she messaged me later on and she said I think I've just made the best bouquet I've ever made because oh, yeah. i was so invested in the flowers and yeah. much much more to her obviously they can't always afford to do the, 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 that that timing wise we which Takes me on to the dried side of thing because, because um, I was saying about when I did the business of growing fl- yeah. flowers, one of the um, one of the modules that we did was about drying flowers, and um, and th- and then I said, oh well, I ought to start drying dahlias, and one of them, Paula said, yeah yeah, you can dry dahlias, In fact, the white ones don't dry well, but the others dry. So I thought, all right, well I'll start having a go at that. And actually, I found the white ones dried fine. And and I find it's all about location. But Mm -hmm. once I got into drying them and how addictive that is, because ones that you don't like fresh suddenly can be the most glorious dried flowers. So that was changing all my, you know, visions because I had this rule that if I didn't sell any of a particular variety in a season. I wouldn't grow it again next season. Mm. And yet I had this variety called Peppermint Splash, which I often talk about, which is horrible when it's (laughs) fresh. It looks like um, a Jackson Pollock has gone with purple paint on it and flecked it all over. But when it dries, it goes to this beautiful flat purple with the white. And it looks absolutely fantastic. So that suddenly, oh, no, I can't bin anything now. I need to yeah. try everything as far as drying. Um, so, yeah. So then I started with the dried. And from my point of view, I'm quite a stressy person. And I, d- I do find the fresh, selling the fresh, very stressful because mm. if I've got an order for flowers for two weeks' time, then I've got two weeks of wondering what the weather's going to be like, whether I'll have enough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah whereas with the dried, I'm selling from stock. So there's none of that Mm -hmm. stress. And what I'm finding as well is that those florists obviously have more time to create with it as well. So um, one of my florists, Lucy, she will order massively in January and be making up stuff to cover weddings later on in the year. And so she's got far more time to really think about it. So it it suits my mentality Mm -hmm. and the kind Of customers, I'm getting also suit my mentality because I've never. Um, sorry, I will let you speak. At no, some no, point.
0: no, keep going. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm quite at my leisure. You keep
1: going. <laughs> oh, gosh. that's my one of my, my girls heard me talk on one podcast, and and one of them said, Blimey, mum, you never drew breath, did you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, fine. You keep going. I'm enjoying
1: that. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, so, um, yes, yeah, so I. <laughs> I can't remember what I was saying now. I've lost my train of thought, but um, yeah, generally the dry customers, I find they've got more time. They're, um, they're not, they're not under as much pressure. Um, So Dare I say it, that maybe they get more time to enjoy their own work yeah. instead of bang, 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 you know, out they go. In the year after COVID, uh, I can remember one of my, all of my fresh customers were absolutely frazzled because they were playing COVID catch-up. And, and this one particular customer was saying the church where she was working in had three weddings on that day and would normally only do one wedding per day. So she had 20 minutes at the beginning to set up and twenty minutes after the wedding to pull down, and even if I do say so myself, I had given her some of my best blooms, and then to hear that they'd actually gone in a bin bag, oh I was heartbroken, mm. absolutely heartbroken. I thought oh, I would have gone to the back to the church myself and and, and got the blooms. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um so with the with the dried that doesn't really happen it's not yeah. the same you know it's um
0: there's I mean, more time you don't have that time constraint though you, you... You, you get back to the creativity but, you know the, 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 this world is not um i, I can't imagine many people get into floristry or botanics because they are looking to make you know a million quid overnight you know, they're doing it because it's a passion and they love it and they love the creativity and the beauty of it so i guess to have dried flowers that are beautiful all year long it takes away the an element of that transaction and puts you back in that creativity space which i imagine for some people can be just wonderful, like yeah. yeah. Like, so, obviously, your house is with, for, for anybody that's uh caught the Gardeners World uh episode last last year, what was last year, wasn't it? 22? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, they actually came to film the year before that, so it was oh, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it's a long lead time,
0: <laughs> yeah. but they'll have seen flowers everywhere. Um, so obviously, that's um, yeah, your family have to enjoy it as well. Um do, do, yeah. do they? Do you get to do, do you get to share the passion with your family do they or do they just tolerate Philippi oh
1: yeah passion? no no, no they, <laughs> they, they, they love it they love it and uh and they'll you know they'll lend a hand wherever um whenever i need it but uh but no i wouldn't say they're uh, neither of my girls are avid gardeners or anything um and my husband he will uh he's always very good at mowing my lanes down the side of the daily beds so that's okay. that's very helpful but no i think it's um i'm a bit of a control freak okay so um if somebody else actually had an opinion about where things would go, ooh, I'm not <laughs>
0: quite sure how that would work. <laughs> they're entitled to their wrong opinion. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, no, they're more than happy to have the house yeah. full of flowers uh, so that they don't mind that at all. They think it's quite cool. Um, it and Even in the sitting room when they have to, because we've got quite low, low ceilings, as you can see. So yeah, um, uh, the cafe lay normally go above one of the sofas, so whoever sits on that sofa has to do a bit of a bobbing are you, down to Are you constantly
0: sure that... on guard. Are you constantly where who where are you sitting? Why are you sitting there? They're <laughs> <Yes. laughs> drying. Leave them alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, if it if it wasn't aliens, like if it, if it wasn't that particular flower, would you what would be your what would be your second? favorite flower to go to. See for me it would be it would be lilies or iris. I love irises.
1: Oh right. It would be something I don't have to dig up every year. <laughs> it
0: would definitely be a perennial.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm very keen on Achillea actually. I do love Achillea. Um, I think there's something about those that saucer of shape. Um, and and I actually I think because sometimes I, I wonder about doing other things other than what I do at the moment. Um, so I think I would, it would be anything that dro- dried well, mm. because I'd like to have more of a, uh, a repertoire of dried flowers. And I, I did, I do dry stuff that I grow already, but mm. I think, and I, I'm often thinking, you know, I'll, uh, I have my sixtieth birthday this year, so I, I'm not going to be able to dig up those tubers for for years and years. <laughs> so I do need to think about what would go in the beds, and the perennials would definitely mm. be. Um, so I think it would be things that I could get a really good mix of dried ingredients, because I'm often asked by people, "Do you do anything else other than dahlias?" And I like, "Well, it is just it's dahlias." Just from- <laughs> the clues <laughs> yeah. in the title, names <laughs> on the tin. Um, but uh you know, that but I did also for that reason I did also start another Instagram account called just dried um wow. and I'm but I, I I very rarely post on there I have enough problems trying to keep up with the um the just alias account so but it was just really to grab the name so that I think that's where I will yeah retire to as it yeah. were I uh... am everything, everything dries as well. It's just okay. you now I just have a go at everything. You know, I've got a fern, I, I hung it up the other day and it came out a really lovely really? shape. I thought, oh, perfect. So, okay. yeah. Well, yeah,
0: So I have some alliums in a box at the end of the garden and it, I'd never considered that they would dry. And of course, they're great big stalks and great big firework heads, aren't they? So, of course, they will dry, but I Cut some of the larger ones off, so that I could try and collect the seeds and see whether I could do anything with the seeds. I appreciate that. that's a long game, but there was the Chorley Flower Show a few weeks back, and, and there was loads of different people um, exhibiting and whatnot. And there was a dried flower section, and there was all these different alliums that had dried and that people had dried and submitted for the show. And it, it, that that was it. So I went straight to a stall and bought. Uh, Island, oh gosh i forgot what it's called like a mount everest which i think is going to be huge big head on it and then another one um specifically so that i can dry them next year so they're really
1: architectural don't you think
0: mm, yeah they're um but I, I guess that's the same with with like the balls on daily isn't it you yeah know, and
1: yeah i love it and, and it's funny because i think people think that like the water lily varieties okay when they first start dry, drying obviously they 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 just droop down mm. but then as they dry out more then they I find that they so open that out way. again and I've been because a lot of people say oh well don't you dry them you know don't hang them you put dry them that way down so yeah. some people put them through like um a mesh grill so yeah. that they can sit flat but I, I really don't like the way because then they just sort of bleh. um but if you dry them upside down. If you stick with it, and if your environment is right, the the key I've found, and I think why I was told that white dahlias don't dry well, is if if it doesn't work in the location that you're in, try a different location. Mm. It's not necessarily the flower, because the white ones that I find, if you if you don't dry them quick enough, then yes, they might go a bit brown. But actually, a lot of people like brown flowers these days, so never discount them. But if if I dry them in on my landing, which has really good um, ventilation and uh, because we have a stove that's on all the time, there's always an airflow going up. They dry. I I get them pearly white. They're crystal, you know, so so I always say to people, if you're not having the results you wanted, try a different location. Again, I, I tried drying in in my agricultural shed because that is open sided. But there obviously wasn't enough ventilation in there because they went mouldy in there. So and and also that's that's particular to us. I'm in the northwest. Yeah, and yeah. You are. <laughs> we are one of the wettest environments. Yeah. But maybe, maybe if my in. <laughs> <neighbors are laughs> down in uh, you know in Norfolk somewhere, then they may be able to dry in there. So I, I always say try different locations because it's it might not be that it's not the flower that dries. It's just that it didn't like that location that you tried.
0: Yeah. I never thought about that, and I imagine drying somewhere quicker or somewhere slower will yield different results. Oh, that's fascinating. I, put that well, I think before. also if
1: you dry too quickly, then the flowers can become fragile. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know how I've managed it, but but they, with mine, they are pretty robust. You can literally bash a flower head because obviously when I was packing the first boxes, I was. Yeah absolutely paranoid that they were going to get shattered in the because you know what the, yeah, the boxes are so tight I know they're going to get chucked across a, a depot floor yeah. um but no they're they're absolutely fine as long as I've packed them so that there's not too much movement in the box yeah, yeah. absolutely they fine
0: yeah I do so my our wedding flowers are with some Chinese lantern and kangaroo paw and etc etc here and they dried really well in this corner which is why I've put the little bouquet of uh, dahlias up there as well, but I don't know that they're particularly liking it. But oh. it's the first time I've had a go, so... Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, what is your favourite variety then? So your favourite variety fresh to cut um, and your favourite variety dried? Because I imagine they're different, aren't they are different are they
1: yeah, oh, well, um, fresh. The one that always I never tire of because obviously each season I, I do find my taste change. And last season I was obsessed. I had a little mini pom pom called Tam Tam, which was uh, a dark mahogany. It, the The only thing with the uh, dark burgundy, not mahogany. um, the only thing with the burgundy ones that they're really difficult to photograph. so mm, that's the only reason i'd I'd hold back on that. but the one the one variety that I would always grow because i I do love it, and actually it dries really, really well as well is Caroline Waggerman's um and that one's easily obtainable. Richard at Withy Pit sells rooted cuttings of that. It's a water lily variety. Um, in, in a sort of peachy colour and when it dries it goes more to a rusty peachy colour um, and it's honestly it, it's it got that vintage feel about it and also as I was saying earlier it's one of those ones that it will wilt down I wonder if I've got one here it will wilt down when it first starts to dry and then it, it opens up wow. again and it's fully drying so it, it's it's hypnotic um So there's that one and then um, I'm also really very keen on a variety called just Mercury because um, it's a cactus variety and it's a sort of rusty pink so it goes with loads and loads of other things uh, you know other colours but it's got an inner glow I wouldn't say that it's yellow in the centre but it does seem to glow from the centre as well so I absolutely love that one, um, and the other one is Jean Fairs, and that one I can't get hold of anymore. I bought it from a nursery that was on the Wirral, and um, and actually I think it used to be available from the National Dahlia Collection as well, um, but it's not. You can't get hold of it, and it's one of those ones that no matter how much I divide the plant. I always end up with the same number of plants each year. So it's it's quite tricky. It's not always, it doesn't overwinter that well. But mm-hmm. I think, I, I'm not very up on all the correct terminology in the dahlia world, but I think you call it an orchid variety. It's just the way the shape of the petals yeah. relax back. And now that I'm trying to grow my own seedlings and come yeah. up with my own varieties, those are the ones that I grow together in the hope that they will all make babies and yeah. I'll get a, a different thing. shape in the same color as jesudy mercury or i'll get a different caroline Wagamans, that shape but in a different color you know that's that's what i'm sort of aiming for oh, it's oh and in the dried you asked me about the yeah, dried oh, as well
0: yeah
1: so uh well caroline Wagamans dries beautifully and um, and then also i think i would be very drawn with uh, towards the white ones, like La Castel. Again, it dries in this beautiful shape, and 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 actually, um, <clears throat> peppermint splash that I talked about earlier, which is well when it in the fresh, but in the dried, it, again, it's got this sort of vintage feel to it. Um, and at Christmas, I sometimes just put a single flower on on a. Uh, I'm into wrapping in newspaper these days, so I will wrap in newspaper and just put a single dried flower, and that one just. People would be more taken with the flower on the front than the oh, nice. contents of the Christmas present. So, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend that. But but really with the drying, I just think the fun is just having a go and thinking, oh, no, I don't like that one at all. Or Oh, yes. I, like, for instance, I find the mid pinks dry to a very flat purple. It, it, they, they've got no redeeming features at all. So I'm not really into the mid pinks. Light pinks will dry to a... a, The the colour always intensifies in the drying process. Mm. So a light pink will come to more of a a soft pink, but the mid-pinks just go this sort of flat purple that's not particularly good. Mm. So so I don't grow that many light pinks, no mid-pinks now.
0: I have a totally tangerine out here in a pot that was given to my auntie, by my auntie. And I love how the petals look like a... Pastel painting. There's this weird but beautiful gradient through them, and it looks like somebody's just taken a brush or a, or a chalk pen and just smeared it over it. So I'm waiting for a really nice bloom so that I can run out there and snip it, and then try and dry it and see what it does when it's dried. Um, but every time I get up every morning in the hope that there's a there's one there, the rain's got it and it's all fallen apart or a bug on it. So uh, I keep turning it towards me just so that I can sit here at the dining table and just see if there's one that I can just pounce on. But I might be looking at But Anyway, um, I, I could listen to you talk all day. Um, and we're running out of time here. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to share and to, to share your passion with me. Um, I it, it's something I'm learning about, uh, you know, I'm having a go at and as a hobbyist, uh, it's quite nice to just hear from other people that have just had a go and, and actually uh developed an entire i don't know business love life around flowers I, like i said i've only really started to enjoy this in the last couple of years but i feel so energetic when i'm in the garden I, we spoke about on the phone going and grounding that so i quite like just standing in the garden in the morning with the coffee and just looking and i've a nasturtium plant that's now overtaken the neighbor's garden which i need to go and rip down while they're away but Just even looking (laughs) at where it's going wild and wrong is also really joyful. So, thank you for sharing your joy with me. And, um, that's a pleasure. I uh, might have to send you an order (laughs) for some dried flowers and, uh, and, and keep in contact. But, thank you so much. No problem, Keith. It's
1: been a joy.
0: Thank you. Isn't she amazing? It was such a wonderful conversation with me. I really enjoyed hearing how her passion went from, I like these flowers, these flowers are interesting to me when they make this shape or they make that shape. And her curiosity for them blossomed into this incredible business. And, and, and actually now that joy that she has and that passion that she has shows in her work and overflows into people like me. I don't think we talked about it all that much on, on the recording. For our wedding, we featured dailies quite prominently. Um, and we were right, at the end of the season when we got married, but we featured them quite prominently and they all came from. From Philippa's um, garden. Um, via my, my florist and and good friend Beth and. Um, I did get to speak to Beth a couple of weeks ago. And so I'll share that with you at some point as well. But yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. and I've linked all of Philippa's information and uh, Instagram accounts and all that stuff that's all in the show notes for you Um, as well as a link to her gardening world uh, episode so you can actually see firsthand just how incredible Philippa's home is and the way that she treats the plants and just how wonderful and 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 how lovingly she treats the plants so yeah I'm not gonna keep you too young Um, I've got a few things to do before this rain picks up Uh, I've planted an onion a few weeks back, so I want to go and poke around and see what that's doing. It was just a bit leggy in the uh, fruit in the uh, vegetable basket, so I just want to go and see what it's doing. Having chucked to get a bucket of compost, um, and I might go and cut some of these dahlias for the kitchen table. But um, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. It's it's fun for me. It's a nice way to vent and get things out of my head. But if you're enjoying it, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoy gardening like me or have an allotment like I want and you want to share some thoughts and tips and ideas then by all means give me a shout. Um, The other half of this as I've mentioned quite a lot is uh, about adoption and our adoption journey so I might talk a little bit more about that next time Um, but if you're also a parent and you have found wonderful ways to keep your kids entertained and interested in your garden then i'd love to hear from you as well so give me a shout and maybe we can sit down and have a coffee together uh, just like philippa and i did that's it for now i've got jobs to do before it gets too dark and i'll see you next time bye